Welcome to Didn't Get the Memo, the podcast dedicated to interviewing and gaining insight from ultra successful individuals who departed from convention to achieve their success. Okay, you've done really well and you've touched on it a couple of times, right? but nobody is perfect. No one's perfect. So if you, you know, what, what are you working on currently? What do you say, do you know what, Alfie, you've got to do better here or you need to look at yourself here. Where, where do you think you could still improve? Notwithstanding, you're doing phenomenally well. Okay. As I said, you can always better your best. There is, there is, that was my line. Yeah. Yeah. There, is, there is always room for improvement. Mm. But it's if you want to. Yeah. There is a, the ultimate goal for success is one that I will never achieve. Never achieve it. And it takes a master of a person. And I don't think I've actually generally come across anybody that has achieved it. And that's contentment. If you can achieve contentment, you've achieved greatness. Mm. I'll never achieve, never achieve contentment. Why do you think that is? Because I have this hole in me that can't be filled. It's a thirst and a hunger that I can't fill. Um, you could say that's quite a sad, makes me a sad person or a sorryful person. It makes you an honest person. But, well, if you're not honest to yourself, you can't be honest to anybody else. Mm. Don't ever ask somebody a question mm. if you're not really looking for the right answer. And don't give them a question that's backed up by lies. Yeah. People come and ask your advice and they'll tell you the wrong story. Come, are you mad? I'm giving you the advice based on what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah, as a barrister, yeah. now I, I've got, uh, my son's godfather is a, a, a barrister called Tom Derbyshire. I know Tom. Very, 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 like yeah. we've been friends for 40 years. Yeah, I know him very well. Prosecuted me a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's my son's godfather. So we're, We've been friends for 40 years. He was one of the few kids where us as gypsies went up to uh, Liverpool, which is where Tom's from, from Birkenhead. And we'd pull in the bomb sites, like the old... And he was one of the few kids that would come out of the council house and come and play with us. So we become friends for a long time. Nice. That's the, the, the story of there. He now lives in California. He was here a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, so... The, 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 the facts of it is, is this. One of the things that does make us mm. um, a much better person and a much more knowledgeable person in life is the people who we associate with. For me, I've tried always very hard to be the dumbest person in the room because I want to learn more constantly even if it's useless knowledge, because it may be useless at that time, but it may be a benefit down the road. It's just how you retain it. You don't retain knowledge from uninteresting people. You retain knowledge from people that you actually, wow, this guy's, he's got something. You listen, mm. you log it. Yep. Whereas if this guy's like watching paint dry or woman, yep. whoever it is, like, you know, yep. just, how they put it across yeah. but we go back to contentment and success no I'm I have a hole that can't be filled um, but my company today Wildcrest is factually worth a billion pounds not could be not would be is 
How is it worth that? We have assets that are worth in excess of 750 million. We owe HSBC Bank 80 million. And that then leaves the value of the goodwill. Oh yeah, you're well up there. Well up there. It's there. Now, what do, does that make me a better person? No, Mm -hmm. makes me a fearful person. So I've got so much to lose. Mm -hmm. And so much also to be punished for. Like what's going on now with the Russians? Whether I'm with Russia, against Russia or anything is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. What the British government are doing to people that chose to come here and live here and invest here, didn't say no then. Well, absolutely. They're civilians. So I'm sorry, no, I don't agree with, and I think that's gonna do so much damage Mm. to the country Mm. of people that wanted to come here and invest. Sure. but with your fear of, you know, what's going on right now, and you've got, as you say, you've got a lot to lose, but you've, you've mastered the art of the pivot, right? You, if things aren't quite going right, if it's raining, you put your umbrella up. I'm going to give you an example. You set up the, 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 the well, motor I make sure hose. if I want to wash my hair first. Say again? I want to make sure if I'm going to wash my hair in the rain first. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Get some benefit out of this, and I'm going to yeah. talk about that, right? So you can recognise when something isn't great out there, hold on a minute, there's something that I can work with. When you set up your motorhome uh, business, right, and you, mm-hmm. you went big, um, not long after that, COVID kicks in. Mm-hmm. Here you are sitting on a fleet. You can't do anything with them. What did you do? I then contacted all the hospitals mm-hmm. and see if they wished to have COVID-free environments for their staff to stay in on site. And we then also contacted people for second rooms in their houses where they could park the vehicles outside that they had then a COVID environment so they didn't have to stop somewhere else. Exactly, so it's raining outside, what does Bestie go and do? He gets his umbrella, whacks up the biggest umbrella in the world and it's happy days again. So your fear that you have about whatever is happening out there and, and the fear of losing it, you can pivot. So you can, you can, you can soften that fear though. In reality, you know how to, to, to deal with adversity. You can turn adversity into a positive and you've proven that. Yeah, but there's, there's a reason for that. Mm. There's a good reason for it. There is no, the starting block, if you're in business, Mm -hmm. the most important thing to remember is this. There are no bad businesses, they don't exist. Mm -hmm. They do not exist. Mm -hmm. There are no bad businesses, just bad people that run them. Difficult people that run Mm -hmm. them. People that take too much. One One of the greatest success stories that I ever heard, and I love it, I tell everybody this, There's a guy who's down on his luck. Now I believe that luck is not luck, it's made. Sure. You know, David Beckham once said, you know, the more I practice, just the luckier I seem to become. Of course. Fancy that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's amazing really, isn't (laughs) it? So this guy, it's a true story, um, is looking for an opportunity, he can't find an opportunity, he's walking down a beach. He's from America. And he sees quite a nice pebble. So he picks it up. And it's quite a polished pebble. He goes, well, look at that. So he decides to put the pebble in a box, drill some holes in the box, and decorate the box. And he sells that pebble as the pet stone. And the reason it was called the pet stone is because he lived in a flat. And his daughter always wanted a cat. But there was nowhere of really keeping the cat or the dog 
or the hamster, or that, because people are in an enclosed environment, there's nowhere to take it outside. So he created your pet stone. And now people that lived in apartments, because they didn't want an animal in the apartment, they bought a pet stone for their child. That business he built up over 18 months and sold it for $15 million. That was 30 years ago. It's incredible, right? And it's a great story. It's, 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 but it's, it's, it just shows if you were looking at things with different eyes, you can find a solution. Yes. But many people, you know, the recession comes, they blame the recession. And, I, and I'll say you can't blame the recession because in the recession where people are going broke, people are becoming billionaires. So it's not the recession's fault. It can't be the recession's fault. It can't be the recession's yeah, fault. Yeah. But it takes people like you who's got specialised to see you know, the wood for the trees, realize, hold on, we can make something happen. But just coming back to, so when, when with the motor homes and when you came up with the idea, when things are going wrong on the surface, right, and, I, and I'm going to just take you back a little bit if I can to when you talked about the murmur and so on, you had to pull yourself out of this, right? So when things are going bad, what's your self-talk? What does Alfie say to himself when, when, when it's hitting the fan? You know, what are you saying to yourself? When things are going wrong. Yeah. It's not what I say to myself, it's what I do and I go straight to my cash flow, and I have a look at what's coming in. Mm -hmm. And I just look at what's going out, and why. Why is that coming in, and why is that going out? Because if you don't have a concrete floor to stand on, you're standing on quicksand. And if you're on quicksand, you need to move. Don't let it suck you in any further. The time is about reacting, but understanding the platform that you're on. So any business that I've ever looked at, whether it's gone, whether I've bought it out of bankruptcy, or and I've bought a lot of businesses out of bankruptcy, and it only boils down to one thing, just one, why businesses go bust. Just one. There's more going out than's coming in. Mm. It's that simple. Mm. There's more going out, because if there was more coming in, it wouldn't go bankrupt. Sure. So it's about going to your cash flow, going, hold on a minute, what's going out? Because now you have a clear picture. When we buy a company out of bankruptcy or administration, the first thing we do is cancel everybody's payment. Everybody's. And then we wait for the phone to ring for the important people that go, and they're doing the job for us. They're telling us, well, what is your service? Why are you charging us this? And do you know, 50% of those people don't even ring. And the reason they don't ring is because they've been winging it. Yeah. And that's what happened with Unbeatable Hire. We bought Unbeatable Hire. We rebranded it in Verum. That's a 20 million pound company. It's the third largest motorhome hire company since it's been trading a couple of years now. We're well in profit. We bought out the Nomad Group, but now converts our own campers, and we put them on hire. We're then going to sell them. Very proud of that. That's a success story. That's, but we did exactly with that. Sure. So that's with regards to business, right? But what what would you say to anybody out there who's struggling, who's in a rut? You know, it's the walls are closing in on them, and they don't have cash flow. What would you say to them if you want to climb out of where you are right now? If you want to get your life back on track, what would you be saying to them? Very difficult question to answer when we're not talking about a specific person. Mm. And you've got to remember one thing. Words are meaningless unless they're on open ears. And with somebody that's prepared, if I can put it in the format of a barrister. 
if a barrister is talking to a judge who is completely against him, he'll find a legal definition to rule against him. Mm. And I've seen it there myself. The moment you lose somebody's ear, and you can lose your own ear. I know because I've been there. Mm. You can lose your own ear where you doubt everything that you say. Mm. So the point is, if we can summarise it a little bit, the most important thing, and this is very summarised, the most important thing is to remove yourself. If you're in a house and the house walls are closing in on you, remove yourself out of that room. Because you're never going to stop thinking the way you're thinking with the same environment with you. Go to the park. Start re-looking at it as somebody else would if they were coming into that position and looking at it. Yeah. Stop looking at it through your eyes. Stop listening through it with your ears. Because all you can say is, oh my God, what's going to happen? Look yeah. at this, it's crazy. What are we going to do? Stop. Stop. Yeah. Out. What should I do? And you write three things down. Not 30. Three. And then you write from there, if I do this, what's potentially the outcome? And before you know it, you've made a business plan of how you're going to remove yourself from that position. Yep. So if you have no cash flow, the first thing to be looking at is what are your expenses and they need to be cancelled at all costs because you can't pay what's not there and all you're going to do is create another problem is why am I not paid? Why am I not paid? Why am I not paid? You need to stop them and cancel them so you can breathe and then look at where you can get paid so you can then pay. Yeah, yeah. People, most people, want the truth. They respect the truth. But for some reason, as... And I use the word British people. We have a problem in telling the truth. Mm. All of us. Yep. Because we don't want to be rude. Mm. We don't want to be disrespectful. So we want to go, oh, and that's where the saying comes from, the check's in the post. Mm. We're trying to buy ourselves time all the time. Whereas I'm going to be honest with you, I see myself as a very honest person, but not honest because I'm a good person. Honest, because it saves me time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. So, you obviously coming up, you've you've made mistakes like we all do, and you've learned from them. You've got your your, your filing system. Did you have any mentor? Who did, did you? Was there someone that you looked to? Be it the family, be it friends, be it someone out there who you looked to and aspired to be like? And thought, you know what? If he can do it, I can do it. Is, is there any, any any anybody like that that played a part in your life? Okay, my hero is my dad and my son, mm. and I genuinely mean that. They're my heroes. Your dad's a hard-working man up until this very day, right? 76 years old, right. looks like a Greek god. I'm deadly serious, you would not believe. Never been to a gym in his life. Hands like bunches of bananas. <laughs> would I want his life? Not for a gold cow, because he has worked, and Actually, it's been blood, blisters and tears type of money. Um, I wouldn't want my dad's life for a gold cow. Um, but he's had a great life, done what he wanted to do, but 99% 99 of his life, even to this day, 
seven days a week, he's working manually. If you saw him today, I can pretty well, he's digging a foot in somewhere. He would, and I mean, you think, is it possible for a man of his age, and he's, he carries on like a man 40 years old. Right, well. That's not, so my dad, um, he, uh, yeah, he's, he's my hero. My other hero is my son, because he's doing what he doesn't have to do. That's the hardest thing for somebody to do. Knowing there's two Bugattis on the driveway, there's Ferraris, there's Range Rovers, he doesn't have to do it. He's choosing to do it. Hmm. That's harder than having yeah, to absolutely. do it. Totally. So for me, I've got two heroes very close to me that I get a lot of inspiration from. Mm. That makes sense. Have I been hard on my son? Very, very. Because as a father, the easy thing is to give. Of course. Because that's the easy, because we feel we should. I want them to have what I didn't have. Yeah. Bruce Lee said, let's teach them what we don't know. Yeah. That's my view. Yeah. No, that, that, that all makes perfect sense. And as you say, it's very easy to give, but in the given, you run the risk of, of doing a lot of damage, you know, which is, is difficult to... Do you know why we give, though? Guilt. Makes us feel good. Mm. Feel that we're doing yeah. something good. Mm. Even charity yeah. makes us feel like we're doing something good. That. Yeah. Do, you, do you listen to, I mean, who, do you listen to, do you read books? Do you, you I know? love memes. Right. Because I think that, um, and I do read books. Mm -hmm. I don't like reading books. Mm -hmm. And the reason I don't like reading books, I tend to find you'll read a book and there'll actually be four pages in there that you really needed to read. Mm. The rest was the fluff. Yeah. Just like, for instance, when, okay, sometimes we all need to hold the whole story, mm. but I just think, I don't know if you've seen that film, The Lawnmower Man. No. Well, it's an old film, about 20 years old, maybe even a bit more, and it's about this guy who's a little bit retarded and he was pushing the lawnmower, cutting the grass. Mm. And this scientist... Um, implants um, different uh, um, uh, electrodes into his mind and slowly his mind starts to grow. And um, he becomes so superior mentally um, in every way. And I think back to that film and I think we can all do that naturally. I think but it's, it's having an open mind. Yeah. The worst people I find to be around, the worst people you can be around, is somebody that is not only negative, but they're negatively small-minded. A negative person's a good thing. Hmm. It's a good thing. Yeah. Because we, as a person, are a battery. We're a battery. We're walking around and we've got our power cell. And if we do a little bit of training, it helps helps us keep the battery better serviced if we eat the right food. But that's all it's going to do is keep that well serviced. But you get people that charge you and discharge you. They're your battery charger yep. and your battery drainer. Yep. And you need both of them. Yep. But if you're with the battery drainer too long, they'll suck every bit of bloody life out of you. 
But if you're with the battery charger too long, you'd just be talking crap. You're great. Hey, come on. Have you seen them in the room and they're giving it the big one? They leave. They have that high. They do nothing with it. It's about having both of those. And I've learned to realise, actually, we do need both. Mm. But you don't need to be with that charge circulates. Sometimes it's, it's difficult to spot those drainers, especially when you've grown up with them, you're accustomed to them. The drainer may be in your family. You know, it may be... My mum mm. is a drainer. Mm. I love my mum to death. She's got a heart like a lion. If she was in Hitler's army, he would have won the war, right? She can fight like a man or a mule kicking and a heart like a lion. Does so much good for people. It's untrue. But there are more negative people in the UK than anywhere else in the world. And that's because... I go back to EastEnders, Coronation Street, but it actually stems from our weather. I'll go back to my mum. You go out and it's raining. Oh, look at this. It's raining again and I can't believe it. If the sun's shining, it's hot. Oh, can, can you believe this heat? I can't put up with this hot weather. It's making me sweat. If it's snowing, it's too cold. It, oh. If I turn up at my mum's of a brand new car, she wouldn't come out and go, what a beautiful car. I'm." So she would come out and go, what, what have you bought that for? You're going to lose money. You're wasting it again. That's going to get, watch when you drive it, it's going to get scratched. <laughs> but she actually means she's saying it in a loving way. Mm. Do you understand? Mm. So you need that. Because she's actually putting doubt in your mind that you need to be fearful over certain things. Mm. But you also need that charger to go, well, well done. Mm. If I had that car, I'd be driving it 100 miles an hour. So you need to put the two together. You do. I mean, you know, it's interesting you talk about your mum. My mum's exactly the same. If I turn up with a nice car, what, what, why, why, why have you got that for? You know, what, what, what was wrong with the last car? And, you know, I think that that's, that's fine. You know, but... I think there's a lot of people who are just surrounded by all drainers and there's no charger. Yes. And then they start to believe, yeah, maybe I don't. They become a drainer. There you go. They become a drainer. And look, I say to everybody, just think of yourself as the battery. That battery's going to wear out one day. That battery's going to wear out one day. Mm. So you need to eat well. You need to exercise. And you need to keep the battery in good condition. Mm but you need a few chargers and you need a few battery drainers because mm. it's actually the drainers that make the battery refillers yeah. great. Exactly. Exactly. So in terms of sort of looking after that battery, I mean, you, <clears> as I said, you're in shape, right? You, you, you keep yourself fit. You work out a few times. A, a, I run. I go through fits and starts. So I haven't run now for about a week, uh, but I'll run sometimes three, four, five times a week. I'll do fairly long runs. There'll be six kilometres, 10 kilometres. If I really feel like it and the weather's nice, I'll do 20 kilometres. Mm. Um, I used to box. That's a whole different type of fitness. That's fighting fit. That's a whole different level. But for me, I'm not training for any other reason except for to keep the blood circulating hard through my body. And do I want to bulk up and become muscle-bound? No, yeah. I just want to be trim and 
reasonably healthy. Mm. Look good in your clothes, live a nice Absolutely, life. Absolutely, yeah, of course. And, and, and that's all it needs to be. But do you, do you find, I mean, do you, do you recognise the importance of keeping fit? Do you feel better? Do you work better? Do you perform better? when you're feeling better or is that... Is, I think some people work better when they're unhealthy because they don't know they're unhealthy. So it's about the person. Mm. For me, I think it's a big thing to be healthy because it, a fit body creates a fit mind. I believe that. But I don't think that's the be all and end all. Mm. Some people have, are naturally overweight because they've got that gene. But they actually deal with it in a better way than, say, somebody who's, um, like, people that train also remember that releases an endorphin, and that endorphin makes them feel good. If I go and train hard, afterwards, whoa, yeah, I feel good. That's, I don't actually feel good. It's a chemical reaction in my mm. mind telling me I feel good because it's released that endorphin. Mm. So we've got to be careful, because you can eat good food. That'll release an endorphin. Mm. It's a balance. Sure, sure. In my view. No, absolutely. But so talking of a fit mind, I mean, do you appreciate the importance of being in control of your, of, of your mind, right? I mean, there's a lot of talk about mental health over recent years, over recent years. Um, in the past, it was almost taboo. No one really spoke about it. But do you recognise there's a real importance of being in control of your mind? And what I mean by that is knowing how to control your emotions, knowing how to control fear, knowing that if something looks bad, don't panic. Mind, calm down. We can get through this. Do you know what I mean? That's what I mean by being in control of your mind, not letting just getting carried away with life, but just taking stock. Well, here's my view. Mm. I believe, and I'm not talking about mental health where people actually have mental health mm. issues. I'm talking about stress or gone off the rails type of mental health. Same, which exactly, seems to be exactly. co a common thread. That's what I'm right. talking about. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. So we, yeah, right. yeah. I'm not talking about hospitalisation, no, medical. No. Yeah, yeah. And what I would say to you is we're all prone to that. I actually think that's a natural thing that everybody is prone to. Everybody. Mm. Um, there, are, there are times when I've been working so hard, I thought I was heading for a breakdown. Mm. I think working that hard, pushing yourself that hard, is a good thing. But you have to know the limit because it's like training a muscle. Push that muscle too hard... You'll exhaust it, stretch it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so that stress pushes how you deal with stress all the time. And I see people, you've got to be very careful because I personally believe, this is only a personal opinion, a focused mind can alleviate most mental health problems. The mind's such a powerful tool that it can take you places where you've never been. And what are bad places? That's because it's free to do so. It's like unleashing a wild horse where it's going to run and it can start to gather speed. And all of a sudden, that freedom can expand. You can overthink things mm. in a dangerous way. 
and it gathers pace. So the, the mind, no matter who you are, must be harnessed. And harnessed in a way that you're focused on what you're doing. Because now the mind is channeling towards what it should do. How are you going to solve that problem? You take, for instance, Tyson Fury. I know he had mental health issues, but it's not the mental health issues. Let's go through his journey. He was fine. He was focused on his career and he fights Klitschko. People don't realise how great of an achievement that was. He was a baby, 23, 24 years old when he fought Klitschko. He's young, not an old, 26 maybe. He's only young. Klitschko, okay, was 45 years old or whatever age he was, or 40 years old, which is old for a boxer as such, was a seasoned pro, been through it, seen it, done everything before. So when somebody like Tyson Fury beats Klitschko and he went off the rails, the reason he went off the rails is he, could, he all of a sudden became a average gypsy trying to do his best to becoming a superstar the next day. Not we're going to build up to it. We're going to the next day because everybody thought he was going to lose. I genuinely thought his work was cut out, but I was hoping he was going to win. Could I have said to you I definitely thought he was? No. So when all of a sudden he became this superstar overnight, think of how that people, one day you walk out and people really don't know who you are. The next day you've got a crowd of people baying for you, want a piece of you, want a photograph with you, you know, want your signature. Mm. You're the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's going to have an effect on you. Mm. And, I, and I think all of a sudden people wanting to buy you a drink, you know, and, you, and you're the humble person that doesn't want to say no, you can become an alcoholic without even knowing it. Mm. So what he went through there was challenging beyond anybody's realm. But what saved him? He became focused again. You know, when he says, well, I lost, you know, what was it? Ten stone or eight stone, whatever it was. Was that a great thing to do? Yes, it was great. But why did he do it? Because he became focused. So mental health issues is when the mind's allowed to run wild. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it's about always, whether it's work, whether it's play, whether it's business, whatever it is, it's focusing the mind, keeping the mind focused. A genius can become a lunatic if his mind is unleashed. But if he's focusing, if a genius is focusing on what the issue is he's trying to solve, he stays a genius. Mm. That makes sense. I mean, there's so many people out there who 
will talk themselves out of doing things. Because if you say the mind, it, it just gets away with itself. It'll, they'll talk themselves out of starting a business, talking to the girl, going up and saying hello. You know, you, They'll just talk themselves out of so many things because their mind has concluded, well, if you go up to her and ask her for her name, she's going to say this and you're going to look stupid. Everyone's going to laugh at you. So they're talking themselves into a scenario that may never actually exist. So, so many people talk themselves out of things, things that will never come to pass. Because as you say, the mind is just running away with itself. So when, is, is, it, is it natural for you that just doesn't happen? Or do you have to consciously think, come on Alfie, let's just focus it. Let's just focus. Let's not be distracted. We all lose track. We all lose track. Me included. Me included. The hardest thing about being successful is not letting people keep telling you you're successful. Mm. Because the more you listen to it, the more your mind will start to believe that you are this great success. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous. So, I'm not saying we can't believe in ourselves. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But I'm saying we have to believe in ourselves to become successful. Mm. But there are three, look, there are three people inside of, of us all. Three people. In you, in me, and everybody in this room. There are three people. And we have three conversations. One is the conversation that we have with strangers. That perception that we put out to the world. The other is to our very close friends and our family. That's the other conversation that we have, which is almost there. And there is the third conversation, which we only have with ourselves, where we really know. They're the three conversations. Absolutely. And it's, I think it's a phrase I heard where someone says, I am not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. And that's what I'll now present to you. you know, but that's, a, that's an interesting point. So just dealing with focus. There's so many different disciplines or people can sort of focus on, I'll use the word focus, can hone in on one particular skill trait as really being pivotal, critical for success. Determination, discipline, focus, and there's so many others, right? If, if you could just, and you can't cop out and say all of them, right? If you could just identify one of them, if you said to, to a kid, listen, I can only give you one gift here. What would it be? What, what's that word going to be? Is it focus? Is it discipline? Is it resolve? Just give me one word. Okay, just one. Just one. Because I've, I've listened to your interviews. You've talked about discipline. You talk about focus. You talk about determination. But they're actually all the same thing. They are the same thing. And explain. Well, focus, if you focus on what you're doing, you'll follow it through. You'll understand it. If you drive hard enough, you'll complete it. Everything is about staying on that track. But I want to give you one word, and I want it to be honest. Because there are many people that, that want to give answers that feel good. It is the same word, it's determination. And that's what it is. There is one thing that I want to add, 
people, D determination is everything. But to me, it's all the same. Focus is determination. You know, the moment you then, you're determined, you'll succeed. Success, many people use the phrase, if your dreams aren't big enough and they don't frighten you, you're not dreaming big enough. I disagree with that. I personally think that dreaming will only ever be a dream. A plan is actually putting a dream into reality. You've got to have that plan. You've got to have that, that, that procedure already in place. Because even though the plan or the business plan may be wrong, this is where education comes in, may be wrong, you can adjust it. You can rewrite it. And success, to be fair with you, in the way I would simplify success, and nothing is simple in life. Hmm. Jesus, you know, getting married, having kids, you know, going out to a restaurant can be difficult. Anything can be difficult. It's up to you to make it simple. Hmm. Um, and you tend to find most people, whether it's in business, whether it's going out, they always make an issue bigger than it actually is because they want to voice an opinion about it. And I've owned restaurants, I've owned chains of restaurants. Customers that come into restaurants, I tend to find are a little bit like football pundits. They're all experts. It should be cooked like this. It should be done like that, because they're all an expert in the kitchen. Now mm. I can't cook to save my life, but that's why I go to a restaurant. I'm leaving it to an expert. I don't want to go in there and then tell the expert what yeah. he's doing wrong. I just don't go back there. Yeah. But they all want to tell him what he's doing wrong, why he's doing it wrong. My point is, why are you bothering? Because he's really not going to listen to you. He is the expert. It's different if you've got a complaint about what the food mm. is or something's wrong with it. I get that. But don't, it's like hiring a barrister and then telling him how he should address the courtroom mm. or the judge or, mm. and you must have had that mm. a number of times where mm. clients know better than oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they get in the box yeah. and they're like. Yeah, exactly. They don't yeah. realize. Don't know so much now, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, uh, I was, um, uh, I've been to many trials and sat there and, uh, and Tom said to me, he said, uh, he said, there's a golden rule when you stand in the dock. And I said, what's that golden rule? He said, it's called the three second rule. And you tried not to smile there, didn't you? I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> he said, and it's, mm. if they ask your name, it's Mississippi one, Mississippi two, Mississippi mm. three, then you give it. He said, because if you need time to think, because they've caught you off guard, he said, whether you are or whether you're not, mm. you will look like you're lying. Yeah, absolutely. Because you had to think about it. Mm. And I think we've all been in that position. Mm. And I said earlier, I just want to tap on something else. No, not at all. We spoke earlier about um, how we react in different situations. 
And I said to you, I said about boxing. Yeah, and, and the helicopter. And helicopter, yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was brought up on the staple diet of boxing. So everything is about twitch fibre from the eye to the mind to the hand or the feet. Not from the ear. And most people... Now, the reason boxers, and many people don't know this, they go, isn't because they're learning how to breathe. It's actually hoping the other guy listens to sound. And he'll make a mistake. He'll think he's going to block the jab and you'll hit him with a left hook. And it works. It works. So everything is about reaction. Do you follow me? Hmm. So if you throw a jab, the idea is you block jab, so you'll counter. And everything is at lightning speed. Everything is as fast as you can throw it. You learn how to create your reaction. With a helicopter, and this really took a lot of time, it's about not reacting. So if you're pulling the collective up to take off, you know, it's slow. And if it's going wrong, you don't go, oh, to correct it, because you will make a mistake. And you can't make a mistake in a helicopter. I, I have a... Didn't a, you make a mistake once in a helicopter? I did, you had a, had yeah. a helicopter. Uh, again, overreacted. I've been embarrassed. I knew the answer to that question. I just thought I'd ask yeah. Get you to say it. <laughs> never a barrister. Never ask the question. He doesn't exactly. already know the answer There you to. go. <laughs> so, the... Um, um, the uh, Tell us about your mistake, Alfie. Go yeah, on. no, just, I just something crossed through <laughs> the memory banks as you said that, and I quite enjoyed it. I had a helicopter crash, and um, I was uh, uh, I was actually the pilot at the time, and I had a I was the uh, I was learning to fly, but I was the pilot in control, and um, I had I had rear rotor failure, so that caused the the, the aircraft to spin. Now, if we'd have been flying, sh flying, mm -hmm. wouldn't have mattered. Wouldn't have made a blind bit of difference because the wind keeps the, the aircraft uh, straight. Right. Helicopters are very, very safe. Are very, very safe. What makes them unsafe is the people that fly them. That's why I never fly without a pilot. Has to be two of us in the cockpit. I'd never fly in a helicopter where I sit in the back and I'm being flown. Kobe Bryant, he had one pilot in the front, and, the, and they, that, that was, whether they like it or not, was failure on the human part, not the aircraft. But what people don't realise about that, it was a very old aircraft. Right. And they flew, it was IFR rated, which is in instrument, instrument flight rules. Right, okay. But... Have you been in many helicopters? I've not been in any helicopters. I'm frightened of helicopters. Let me tell you now, they're the safest yeah. mode of transport there ever could be. You can float down if there's an engine failure. You drop the collective and you do an auto rotation down. And what happened with the crash with me, I had rear rotor failure, was caused by me. I was hitting the pedals too hard because I was taking off and landing, taking off and landing, and caused by me. Hmm. You know overreacting to a situation with a helicopter it's about not reacting it's mm. about reacting slowly 
You imagine in a jumbo, and all of a sudden there's a bit of turbulence and the pilot goes, oh, let's go down. <laughs> we, hmm. They don't react. They do not react. Hmm. Whereas you'd think, well, oh, they need to react. Hmm. Now, they know that turbulence is coming. They're computerised aircraft. They know that's coming. It's about not reacting. It's about taking the time to react slowly. So when you experience the turbulence in life, is that how you deal with it? Do you yeah, now, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I genuinely learn from every little scenario and I log them. I've been blessed and realised now how I log them as a memory bank and I, and I use them as like a chessboard. And I, go, I give a number of speeches. I never prepare. I never prepare because I don't need to. And I genuinely believe they get the true me up there that gives them the true... And I, these people have paid for me to come and talk. So I don't believe in me sitting down and preparing an essay or a speech gives them the true me. What that gives them is a prepared me. Oh, that's not quite the right answer that I want to hear. I want them to hear my flaws. Oh. Because by hearing those flaws, they're actually going to understand it is real. Oh. So I, I, that's the reason I don't do it any other way. So what's next for, for Alfie? Honestly? Yeah. Global domination. Yeah. Within yeah. the park home industry. Yeah. And that's the dream. But we have a five-year plan. Five-year plan doesn't give us global domination, but it puts us on the next stage to the next level. When we get to there, we know what the dream is, but we don't lose sight of what the plan should be. Mm. That makes sense? No, absolutely. So you talked about, just to finish off, so you talked earlier on about sort of looking at a scorecard, mm -hmm. you know, in however many years' time, 40 years' time or what have you. What would a great life, having been lived by Alfie, look like? You know, by the time they're throwing dirt on you, when would, what would you be happy with to say, Do you know what, yeah, I've really made it. I've really made it. I can tell you that answer. To have created a legacy for a family to go forward where their name is carved and won't die when I leave this earth. With enough experience within the fold of the people that are running those businesses, for those businesses to take lives of their own, to feed and wealth of a, of a family that their children and their children's children can live on. If you ask me, like the Duke of Westminster, like the Duke of Westminster, you know, like the Duke of Marlborough, all of a sudden, what you've done is given your family the gift of freedom. Mm. That's a gift that's very rarely mm. passed on. There's only a few can do it. Absolutely. Make sense? Alfie, it's pleasure. been an absolute pleasure, man. Pleasure's been mine, Alfie. and thank you very much. Not at all, Alfie. I just want to say, you didn't get the memo. You're flying, <laughs> man. <laughs> thank you very much. Cheers, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.